0: Is Gresh and Keith on WEEI.
1: Get Boston Sports Original on the go wherever you go. Just download the Odyssey app.
0: Let's talk some football here. It is the lunchtime hour of Gresh and Keith 1202. Fitzy in for Keith. Keith will be back tomorrow. We'll see if he's tan or anything like that. Joining us now on the Harbor 1 hotline is our friend from NBC Sports Boston, Tom E. Curran. Tommy is brought to you by Dr. Matthew Lopresti at Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Curran at 1-800-GET-HAIR, and this is a uh, draft interview. W.E.E.I.'s coverage of the NFL Draft is presented by D'Angelo Grilled Sandwiches. Interested in owning your own D'Angelo restaurant? Visit D'Angelo's.com backslash franchising for more information. And by Zutty. Build any app your company needs in a week. Visit Zutty. That's Zutty.com for your free trial. Tommy, it's Gresham Fitzy today. How are you, sir?
1: What's up, guys? That's quite a run-up you have to do there, Gresh.
0: It's uh, it's something. It is a lap around the tra- <laughs> it's a lap around the track, to say the least. That I am ill-equipped to be able to run. Uh, but Tommy, before we get into the the draft and some of the questions about the current-day Patriots, I know that Malcolm Butler sat and gave some good Zoom microphone the other day. Was there anything from Malcolm Butler? I know he dropped the nugget of he and Belichick talked right after the Super Bowl. But did anything stand out to you in the way Malcolm Butler presented to the New England media, considering all the questions surrounding his leaving?
1: No, I think it's amazing. You've got this guy who really scuffled to find a toehold in the NFL, struggled despite high Division I talent to find a toehold in college, you know, was kind of an unpolished guy when he got to the league. And to so adeptly and adroitly, deal with this controversial enigmatic decision as well as he has without giving up the ghost at any point is pretty impressive because this is a guy who wouldn't say poop if he had a mouthful for his first, you know, season in the league. We, you know, he was always in the locker room, always just sitting there. Hey, Mel. Hey, how you doing guys? Um, but he really got put in the crosshairs in a lot of ways and uh he's handled it really well which doesn't diminish our interest in exactly what happened or what the conversation was
2: so tom everyone's got a theory obviously i mean you have to if you work in new england sports media or you just follow the pats as rapidly as many of us do then everyone's got to kind of have a theory and some recently there's been some talk of like oh it might have been a head thing that butler dealt with or whatever do you put any stock into that and has there ever been like a a Tommy Curran theory about Butler's benching that you never shared? Do you think it was just flat out the guy was checked out, didn't play well?
1: No, I have absolutely no belief at all in the checked out didn't play well at all. Yeah. Zero. You don't go from 98% of the snaps to zero. It's insane. And anyone who would either posit that or swallow that is just doing so because. Not doing so brings into question exactly what it was. You know Yes, he showed up at daily. Yes, he was suffering from some kind of an illness. My understanding, which I have talked about before, so this isn't really new ground, is that early in the week, he was asked to go out and take a special team's rep, and he resisted that, and someone else told him to take the rep. And in turn, the person who told him to take the rep or backed up the other coach got an earful from Malcolm Butler, who at that point, as we remember, had not been paid. Stephon Gilmore had been paid, yeah. Um, And Malcolm's future was up in the air, and he had just played an entire season on a restricted free agent tag, I believe, and, you know, hadn't been paid. You know, had made very little money for his performance. So he lashed out, and from there, I think that set the ball in motion for him to be surprisingly sat down. You know, we got teammates who say, oh, well, they knew he was not going to start. We have other teammates who said that they thought he was going to start, whether it be Deron Harmon or Devin McCourty. McCourty saying that we knew all along. But when you look at Brady's reaction, when he said, you know, I looked around, I said, why is Malcolm not on the field? To Deron Harmon's reaction, to Matt Patricia's cockamamie excuse of we had different packages it was something that didn't have to do with play or performance and something else that made Bill Belichick bench him and have his defense give up 41 points.
0: Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston with Gresham, Fitzy in for Keefe. Tommy joins us on the Harbor One hotline. Does it feel like this draft is flatter than 4 o'clock? Man. No. No. Really? in terms of the buzz draft. well look i listen you know me we've known each other a long time i too i love the draft as well but yes. maybe there was a little bit of just the last year compared to this year maybe, well, maybe yeah. and and maybe that's it is that there were quarterbacks last year and it's more defensive tackles this year but i keep i'm starting to hear this narrative in fact i heard it on the greg hill show this morning one of the members of the show said if Bill Belichick takes an offensive lineman with the first-round pick, the fans are going to revolt. Uh, a, I know that is not true, but B, how do you think it would be viewed if they went with a big body on the line of scrimmage with the first-round pick? Would that It wouldn't be the sexiest use of that capital, but would it be the wrong use of that capital, Tom?
1: Patriots fans – would think that that was the right use of that capital. Patriots casuals would flap their arms around and wonder why they didn't get somebody whose name they might recognize. So I think if you want the team to perform well, and I put out a poll last week for Quick Slants about this specific thing which four of the four positions would you presume the Patriots should? I said, uh, big brain linebacker, who's stupid fast. That was the number one. People wanted to see that. Next was corner. Next was offensive lineman. Last was wide receiver. Because people understand, they can take the field right now and have wide receivers and have pass catchers. They're good there. They have, however, fumigated their linebacker room. They have a cornerback group that is uninspiring, and they have obvious and open holes on the offensive line. So they like to say and I'm sure you know this too mm-hmm. when we come out of the draft we would like to be able to put together a depth chart for what we would take the field with mm-hmm. they can't do that on the offensive line we're really maybe at linebacker right now so I'm not sure if you're going to find a starting linebacker in this draft maybe you could I mean not starting like day one starter but those are more important spots to me
2: so, Tom, where were you? Uh, you know, I feel like everyone has made their way through the progression of, oh, they didn't sign J.C. Jackson. We got to get a Kana. Uh Oh, we always need a deep threat, and now it's you know we need some we need some trench beef on the defensive side or probably the offensive line side. Uh, if we put you on the clock right now at pick twenty one, are they trading back or who would you imagine they go after?
1: Let's say all things being equal, right, Fifty. Okay. Yeah, and. There's a good corner, a good good offensive lineman, good you know Christian Harris level linebacker. Zion Johnson's on the board from BC. Yep. Um, you know Saint Derek Stingley, but he's too good. He's he's going to be gone. But um, so in a good corner. I might trade back. <laughs> I might trade back and add picks because this draft is good up until about pick sixty. There's not a hell of a lot of difference, from my understanding, between pick 10 and pick 50. You can throw a blanket over those guys, and you're going to pick good players. So, you cannot, the Patriots absolutely positively cannot go wrong in this draft. There's no way for it to happen. So, if they want to trade back, add an earlier second round pick or a second second round pick, and address offensive line late in the first round with Zion Johnson, the guards from BC, great. Then go ahead and get Mechie and a corner to your tastes, a linebacker to your tastes in round two. You're in a great
0: spot, a great spot. Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston with Gresh and Keith Fitzy in for Keith today. Tommy with us on the Harbor One Hotline. When you hear the the notion that, well, you traded Shaq Mason and then to turn around and spend a first-round pick on a Larjo would be the wrong way to go. <laughs> I think that's ignoring some of the cap implications there as well. But do you subscribe at all to any of that theory? That, well, why trade the guy if you're just going to take your first-round pick and go at another? See, I think, Tommy, the real hook might be everybody is focusing on guard, but maybe tackle is the real spot in play in the first round along the offensive line.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. Tackle is more important. If you have a tackle and a guard of similar-level talent sitting there, it, you know, on the grand scale, you both have them at 81s. take the tackle because mm-hmm. next year Isaiah Win's going to be elsewhere. He probably will play 12 to 14 games this year, and you can't expect him to play at a consistent level because he's just not doing that. And then Trent Brown is generally injured for half of the games, period. It's just the way it is. He's got one year where he wasn't, 2018. Other than that, in his NFL career, he's injured for half the games. So a tackle would make more immediate sense. You have Mike Nwenu at one guard, cobble it together with Justin Huron, and I guess could just isn't going to work out. But, yeah, I would say the tackle might be more readily important to the future of the team. And you'd have the five-year control over him as opposed to five-year control over the guard. But i still look at the Shaq Mason deal and say, okay, well, great, save cap space. For what? To do what? What exactly was your plan there? And when I ask myself that question, my answer to myself is, if you notice it, Tom, Bill Belichick notices it. So he has some kind of a plan we can surmise or at least analyze whether it's a good plan or a bad plan because he's often had plans that weren't that great, i.e. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to succeed Tom Brady. But I would imagine he's noticed as well that, hey, I just cut perhaps our best position player last year traded. We've removed him from our team and we haven't replaced him. That's not a great idea
2: just to save money. So, uh, Tom, you appeared on these very airwaves a few weeks back and said, don't be surprised if the Patriots offense looks drastically, reasonably or drastically. I forget what uh, adverb you use, but there was an L-Y at the end. And it it stood to to be that you think it's going to look different from years past. But now we've heard from the likes of Jabril Peppers during his little Zoomer talking about being in touch with Coach Belichick and Belichick revealing to him that he might like to have at least three safeties on the field during the season this year, so the defense is now going to look different. I asked Giardi, and I'd like to also ask you, between the two, between the offense and the defense in 2022, which do you think looks more different than it has in recent past? The defense.
1: Okay. Um. I mean, really, the Patriots can oftentimes run a basically a 2-3-6. Two, two down defensive linemen, three... Um, you know, various you know two ends, stand up ends, one linebacker, and the rest are corners and safeties. So I think the trend towards look, Josh Uche is a capable guy. We watch him in the mini camp. We watch him during training camp. Mike, is is this a joke? Why does he go so fast? I think he's just uncontrollably fast, but yet he has not been able to get on the field. Chase Winovich could not get on the field because they were smaller. They didn't set the edge, and Winovich is a straight up the field guy. But between Mac Wilson, Boucher, um, I wouldn't say Ronnie Perkins or, or Anthony Jennings. I wouldn't put a lot of stock in, in those guys. They might surprise us, but there's myriad guys Adrian Phillips, Kyle Duggar. They have more big, fast safety types to fill in at the linebacker level. And they're saying goodbye to, again, valuable players like Kyle Van Noy, 245, 250 pounds. Dante Hightower is probably not going to be back as, as near as I can tell. It's not a report, that's a presumption, at 255 pounds. Jamie Collins, no interest in re-signing him that we've seen yet. So they want to get skinnier and smaller and faster on
0: defense, which would be a good idea for anybody who was watching any of the games at the end of the year, which was all of us. Tommy, we'll catch you next Tuesday before the draft. Thank you, sir. Great intel. We appreciate it. Talk to you soon.
1: All right, guys. Thanks so much.